ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us by way of radio and our podcast listeners as well. Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 4 through 22 is our text this morning. And we look at a nation in need of repentance and healing. A nation in need of repentance and healing. Jeremiah chapter 8, and we begin reading in verse 4. Now, because our time is limited, we are not able to read the rest of the chapter. Begin reading in verse 4, Jeremiah chapter 8. Moreover, thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Shall they fall and not arise? Shall he turn away and not return? Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. I hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his course, and as the horse rusheth into the battle. Yea, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed times, and the turtle and the crane and the swallow Observe the time of their coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. How do ye say we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us? Lo, certainly, in vain made he it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. The wise men are ashamed, they are dismayed and taken Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord, and what wisdom is in them. Now, many believe in our nation today that the greatest need is jobs. You'll notice that every time the elections roll around, you'll have politicians talking about jobs, the economy. They'll be addressing things that many people care about, and their legitimate concerns However, some way, somehow, we must heal not only a political divide, but we must heal a divide between us and God. And so when we think about God, we have to come to the Scripture. And I understand that these words, we're taking it back to the final days of the nation of Judah. However, we can see a mirror image, as it were, in the Scripture, America. Our greatest need in our country is spiritual. And simple repentance and a return to biblical principles would do more to heal the wounds of this nation than anything else that can be named. Not only would a true spiritual revival among God's people cure the problems in America, it would be a swift solution 
that would result in immediate change in every realm of American life. Now in our text, a prophet named Jeremiah had been sent to them to preach the word of the Lord. Judah, like America, refused to hear or heed the word of God, and they were judged for their sins. America is headed toward the same end. In fact, we are experiencing the judgment of God as we, as present-day believers, have never experienced it. And it's only the tip of the iceberg. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 4 through 7, we have a nation and we have their apostasy. These verses, the Lord states His case against the nation of Judah. They had been given the law of the Lord and they had refused to walk in it. Spiritually, they lacked the common sense of the animal kingdom, verses 6 and 7. Even the animals know how to, how to act how to act accordingly and what they're created to do. Yet the people of God seem to be unable to walk for God, live out His will in the world around them. They had turned their back on God and on His truth, and they had embraced the false gods of the Canaanites. Now the people of Judah were guilty of terrible sins against the Lord. They had become involved in the worst kind of idolatry. The people of Judah were guilty of sacrificing their children to the false god of the Canaanites. You can read more about that in Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 30 through 34. The word tophet, T-O-P-E-E-T, tophet, means place of fire. It refers to the fires that burned inside the bronze idols built to honor Moloch. The pagan priests would stoke the fires. They would be heating the idols until they were red hot. The worshipers would then cast their children. You're hearing me correctly. They would cast their children into the arms of those superheated idols. The word tophet comes from the root word toph, which in Hebrew is the word for drum. While the children died screaming in the arms of a pagan idol, the priest of Moloch would beat their drums to drown out the cries of pain and torment. Now this is the place where the people of Judah had come. They had totally forsaken the God of the fathers. They had totally forsaken the law of God. They had abandoned His ways for their own ways. And God calls their behavior backsliding, which means to turn away, to go off into apostasy. It speaks of a total desertion of or a departure from one's religion or one's faith. Apostasy means to totally abandon God. That's what Judah did. Of course, not every person in Judah was guilty of this kind of apostasy. In Elijah's day in the northern kingdom of Israel, God gave the forlorn prophet some encouraging news. He said this, he said in 1 Kings 19 and verse 18, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Even in the dark in which Jeremiah ministered, there were some who still clung to the ways of God, but as a general rule, the nation was filled with apostates. 
They had turned away from the things of God and judgment was coming. This is a clear picture of modern America. We all know that men and women who came to these shores seeking a place where they would worship God without fear of government intervention, these people founded our nation. They came here to establish a country where people would be free to worship according to the dictates of their own heart. We all know that people who believed in God and His Son Christ founded our nation. People who believed in the Bible founded America. The Word of God permeates the foundational documents of our nation. Our nation was born having been saturated in prayer and biblical truth. The writings of our founding fathers are by and large Christian at that very heart. They quote the Bible freely and they invoke the name of God on a regular basis. Patrick Henry sums it up in his famous quote. He says, it cannot be emphasized too much or repeated too strongly that America was founded not by religionists but by Christians. Not upon religions but upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was America then, but we live in a different nation today. We shudder when we think of nearly 3,000 Americans slaughtered in the name of Allah on September 11, 2001, but we forget that on that same day, over 4,000 unborn Americans were slaughtered in the name of convenience. We forget that over 4,000 died on September 10th, 2001 and September 11, 2001, and on every day since then, for many years prior to that day. Think about it. Since Roe versus Wade became the law of the land in 73, over 53 million babies have been sacrificed to the pagan gods of our nation. To put that into perspective, Adolf Hitler was responsible for over 12 million deaths in the consecration camps of World War II in Germany. Stalin was responsible for the deaths of over 20 million of his own citizens during his reign. His reign of terror, I might add. On September 11, 2001, what we saw that day was two vastly different cultures in collision. On the one side, you have radical Muslims. They think America is the great Satan. They think our way of life is decadent and godless. Their philosophy can be slated like this, become like us or die. Nineteen of those radical Muslims gave their lives in a desperate attack designed to bring America to her knees. And every one of those men died believing that they were going to become martyrs for Allah. They each believed they would go to paradise where they would be given 72 virgins along with riches beyond their wildest imaginations. And they did what they did because they hated America and all America stands for. By the way, they still do. On the other side, you have the United States of America, a nation founded on freedom, a nation that sees itself as the good guys in every situation it faces in the world. Our philosophy as a nation can be summed up as live and let live. America stood aghast at the actions of the radical Muslims and with good reasons. They were not martyrs. They were selfish, lost, repugnant, vile cowards who carried out their wicked attack on this nation. Hear me well. Both sides believe they are in the right. What if I told you that both sides are wrong? 
America does not have some kind of mandate from God to do the things we do. God never promised to bless America. There is no reason why he should. America is as pagan today and as godless as those who attacked us on September 11, 2001. Consider where we are as a nation. Culturally, we're fighting a losing battle. The divorce rates have quadrupled in the past 30 years. Teen suicide has doubled, almost tripled. Violent crime has risen well above 500%. We endorse shows geared toward teens called 13 Reasons Why, which romanticizes suicide. We wonder why suicide rate's high. We have young punks marching the streets of America, screaming for the destruction of America. For every young person calling for the destruction of this country, that represents an absent father who has utterly failed his family. We're morally bankrupt. Morally, we're totally bankrupt. We do not sacrifice our children to pagan idols, but we do hand them over to be educated by a godless society. Spiritually, we're in a deplorable condition. The Bible and prayer has been removed from schools. The Ten Commandments continue to be attacked and relegated to the dustbin of history. The Supreme Court has decided that the Ten Commandments cannot be displayed in, in educational settings or courtrooms. Some people actually fear the, the Ten Commandments, believing they might pose a danger to children who might read them. My goodness, what stupidity. Judah was a nation that was filled with apostasy. They denied their history and they denied their walk with God. Whether we like it or not, we might as well face the truth that is America is a post-Christian, anti-God, pagan nation, and the judgment of God is upon this land, and it's already begun. Now, eight, verses 8 through 13, we have a nation and their admonition. Verses 8 and 9, they're admonished concerning their pride. The people of Judah were guilty of believing that just because they had the law of the Lord, they were under special protection from judgment. But God says they are fools and they're not wise because they've forsaken the word of God. Now, I'm convinced that our nation lives under the same delusion. I hear our politicians stand up and make their speeches and they'll close with their remarks, God bless you and God bless America. God bless America. That has a nice ring to it. But it is absolutely futile because we don't walk in the ways of the Lord. God said it this way, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Now, by interpretation, that promise was given to Israel. By application, that applies to all nations who will bow before the Lord and humble themselves under his will. Does that describe our nation? Is America a nation that honors God? Absolutely not. We have become a nation of fools. And if we believe that just because our national motto is God bless America or in God we trust on our monetary system, God is somehow obliged to honor this nation. We're sadly, sadly mistaken. He will not honor us because we have forsaken his word. He will not honor us because we have abandoned his house. He will not honor us because we have ignored his commandments. He will not honor us because we have refused his son. America is no different than ancient Judah. They were guilty of foolish pride and so are we. 
Verse 11, they're admonished concerning their pretense. Plainly stated, that verse says, they have treated the wound of my people as if it were not serious at all. They say, peace and peace? Well, there is no peace. In other words, Judah was guilty of looking at the tragedies they were suffering as a nation as being just a minor bump in the spiritual road. They were guilty of putting a band-aid on a severed limb. God was judging them, but they were clinging to the false hope that God was somehow obligated to bless them just because they were his people. Now, America is guilty of the same foolish thinking. Our leaders, both secular and religious, are slapping band-aids on the gaping wounds that are killing our society. They tell us that they have everything under control while the patient is bleeding right before our eyes. This nation is a nation wearing the blinders of self-deception. Americans blindly follow leaders off the cliffs of immorality, ungodliness, paganism, like a herd of livings. Our nation is a nation in the midst of social, economic, and spiritual collapse, yet most Americans cannot see the writing on the wall. Our nation is under judgment of God. Now in verse 12, they are admonished concerning their presumption. God speaks to Judah and condemns them because they're not ashamed of their sin. They live as they please and they flaunt it in the face of God with no concern for His word or His will. Because they have this attitude toward the things of God, He promises to judge them as a nation. This verse is a snapshot of our nation. Look at the sin that ravages our country. Consider the fact that uh, homosexuality has become an accepted lifestyle in America. Go to the mall and look how people dress in public and tell me that America is not as ashamed of her sins. There's no shame in our culture. There's no upbringing. There's no, there's no uh, teaching in the home. They shrug it off and act like everyone should just leave them alone and do as they please. Well, it's not my place to tell you what you can and cannot do. It is the Lord's place to tell you this and tell me that. And Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Verse 13, they are admonished concerning their punishment. God tells the people of Judah that their sins have resulted in His judgment. They are about to be punished for their sins against Him. And when judgment comes, it will be complete. It will be total. All the blessings they have enjoyed will be stripped away. There can be little doubt that God has blessed America. That is not in question. God has tremendously blessed America. Outside of Israel, God has blessed America more than any nation in the world. We have the world's largest economy. We have the world's greatest and most powerful military. We have the world's greatest supply of natural resources. We have the world's greatest supply of food. But I'm simply saying that God's going to judge our land as He is now, but God is judging our land. And I'm simply saying if the people of God does not get on their knees, I'm not saying it, but God is saying it, if we don't get on our knees as the people of God, the believers of Jesus Christ, and pray for mercy, we have no idea what God will unleash on this land. Far too long He has withheld judgment. Far too long He has been merciful. Far too long He has been long-suffering. 
We as the people of God must pray for God's mercy. Now in verses 20 through 22, the nation and we have their awakening. Jeremiah laments the fall of his people. He's shattered by the judgment that he knows is coming to the nation. He closes this chapter with a pitiful series of questions. He cries, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Jeremiah realizes that the nation has refused the only hope that they had. The nation has refused to apply the balm that would have healed them. They refused to receive the advice of the great physician who would have restored them. They chose their path over his path and they will face the consequences of their decision. Folks, I fear that this is the same thing that's true for America. Listen to me and hear me well. I love my country. I love America. I love our military. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our country. But I'm here to tell you based upon the word of God, I don't want to close this message without giving this in the word of God. God says to the nation of Israel in interpretation and by application it goes to any nation. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God never said that the entire nation had to. And God never said that this was given to pagan people. He says my people. In the New Testament, His people are the local church. His people are those who are born again believers. His people are the bride of Christ. His people are those who have accepted Christ as personal Savior. America must seek God. But I'm convinced that the church of Jesus Christ must seek God. America must repent of its sin and embrace the Lord Jesus Christ as its only hope for salvation. The church of Jesus Christ much must seek God and confess their sin to Him. The church must seek God. When Israel sinned against God, judgment was a result. God's word to them in that day is the same word that we need today as America and the church if we expect to survive. God says, if my people, you're already called by my name, shall humble yourselves. Humble yourselves is a direct indication that there is pride in your heart. We have pride in our heart. We shouldn't be watching the news and saying, how in the world could those people do that and disrupt property and disrupt America? We should be looking in our hearts and saying, oh God, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for the sin of pride. Please Please provide mercy. God, withhold judgment from this life. I'm simply saying, if God is to continue withholding judgment in this land, and what we're seeing is judgment, but is certainly not what God can unleash on America, we as believers in Christ must pray and must ask God to extend His mercy. Extend his mercy to our land. What are we to do? I think there's some concrete steps that every person can do today. These steps are, you can help America 
But America will only be changed when her citizens are changed. We need revival. We need repentance. We need renewal. And it needs to start here. If you're lost, you need to come to Christ. Be saved today. If you're saved, you need to do several things. Number one, you need to search your own heart to be sure your sins have been dealt with according to the word of God. Number two, you need to humble yourself to pray for your family, for your nation, for your church. You need to pray. Number three, you need to do everything in your power to see that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is carried to your community. If the Lord's spoken to your heart on any level, please come to Him today. If for no other reason, come. Bow your head, bow your heart, and pray for this land. We are a nation in trouble. And it's the only thing that can help us is the prayers of God's people. That's the only thing that's keeping this vessel afloat. God help us. God help us. God help us in this land called the United States of America. May we forever seek God's face. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.